such a pain in the ass. I was pissed off. He had completely ignored my instructions to get the refinance papers for our home delivered immediately. As a result of his habitual procrastination, we missed out on a very favorable interest rate I had negotiated. It was now going to cost us $100 a month more because of his lazy behavior. I had warned him there would be consequences. We had negotiated a female head of household arrangement early in our relationship. He liked getting spanked, and over the years I had become very comfortable being in charge and administering discipline when I felt he needed it. The problem was that he had developed a very high pain tolerance after years of both play spankings and much more serious punishment spankings. However, I had a plan. I knew how his endorphins would kick in during a long, hard spanking. But what if I were to work around that? No warm-up would be a good start. If I just spanked hard and fast before he got used to it, I could teach him a very good lesson. But I wanted to make his punishment more memorable. So I decided that a re-spanking would be even more effective. What could be better than re-spanking his bottom when it is super tender and sensitive from the spanking I had given him the day before? Then I wondered, if a re-spank would be a good punishment, how about a re-spank every single day for a week? I imagined how sore his lazy bottom would be if I spanked him good and hard every day for a week. So I hatched a plan. I went to my dresser and picked out seven implements. I chose my ebony hairbrush for the first night. I figured since we had to pay $100 a month more now, I would give him 100 strokes of the hairbrush with no warm-up. I knew that would leave him with a bottom that would be sore for a few days. Then for the second day's spanking, I selected a heavy leather split-tail toss. I had used it to apply punishment in the past and knew how he hated it. Again, I would give him 100 lashes with it, full force, with no warm-up. I decided to go with wood again for his third spanking. I picked my lovely tropical hardwood evil stick. It didn't look that menacing, but I knew he would be howling after I gave him 100 hard, non-stop spanks with it, especially if I used it on his sit spots just beneath his cheeks and just above his thighs. For the fourth day spanking, I decided upon a thick leather strap with a wooden handle. I had nicknamed it the tearjerker because I had made him cry when I had used it on his bottom once before when he deserved it. And I had given him far fewer than 100 strokes with it at the time. So I was thrilled thinking about how effective it would be having earned its name, the tearjerker. I couldn't quite decide what implement to use for the fifth day of spanking. I wanted to go with wood again. I narrowed it down to the wicked jokari paddle, or the equally effective bath brush. I knew they were both tremendously effective implements when it came to administering serious corporal punishment. I also knew he would be sobbing and pleading with me to stop spanking well before I had given him the full count 
of one hundred full-force, non-stop spanks with either of them. I decided upon the jokari paddle. Because it was shorter in length, I could spank faster with it than with the long-handled bath-brush. For the sixth day, I picked my cane, applying one hundred strokes to the cane, with a good number of those strokes directed at his sit spots again, would give me an immense amount of satisfaction, I decided. He would certainly not share my pleasure, of course, but hey, isn't that what real punishment is all about? I knew that for the seventh and final spanking, that one hundred full-force spanks with the bath-brush would be a lesson that he would never forget. That, on an already sore, swollen, tender bottom, a bath-brush would be the ultimate grand finale. My inner disciplinarian felt itself getting intensely aroused at the thought of how I would use the bath-brush to really put a cherry on top of the ice-cream sundae that was to be his punishment. The following Sunday morning at breakfast, I informed him of my plan to punish him for his misbehavior. He wasn't too surprised. He knew he was in real trouble and that I would make him pay for what he had done. He did seem worried, though. He didn't think he'd be able to take his punishment without resisting out of sheer involuntary muscle reaction. We agreed that I would secure him in position with restraints, that I would tie his wrists and ankles to the bed frame so that he had no option other than to remain in position for the entirety of his punishment. Later that afternoon, I ordered him to go to our bedroom and strip naked. I told him to wait for me with his nose in the corner like a bad little boy. After leaving him there for an hour, as I read a book downstairs, I made the trip up the steps, not taking care to be quiet about it. I wanted him to hear me coming and really start worrying about the discipline I intended to deliver. As I walked in the room and found him standing obediently in the corner, naked, I said, You know what's coming, don't you? Yes, ma'am, he replied. What's coming? I questioned him. A punishment spanking, ma'am, he said quietly. That's right, a very serious punishment spanking. In fact, it's going to be the hardest spanking I've ever given you, I said. Yes, ma'am, he said softly, accepting his fate. Stack two pillows up on the bed and get in position over them, I instructed him. I then used the cords I had tied to the bed frame to tie him down in position. I opened the drawer and grabbed my trusty ebony hairbrush. I kicked off my shoes and took up position on his left side up on my knees so that I could get the best swing of my arm to maximize the force of the spanks I intended to deliver. I made him wait a little while to increase his anxiety. Then I just wailed away on his bottom with the hairbrush. I spanked as hard as I could, non-stop, until I'd given him all 100 strokes of the brush. I left him tied there for 15 minutes or so to gather himself up after the onslaught of agony he felt from the spanking. I knew that the restraints were a good idea. I'm not sure he could have voluntarily remained in position without them. On Monday after dinner, I ordered him back into the corner naked 
to wait for me as I placed the dishes in the washer. I noticed he was shaking a little as I grabbed him by the ear and ordered him back over the bed with the pillows elevating his bottom for me. After tying him down again, I picked up the leather toss I had left out on my night table for him to see. I stood at the side of the bed and let the nervous anticipation build. Then I tossed the tails of the implement back over my shoulder before swinging it down hard onto the pinkish red flesh of the bottom I had already spanked the day before. He let out a yelp. I repeated the stroke ninety-nine more times. Dinner Tuesday evening was filled with silence. He finally broke it by apologizing for his behavior again and asked me if I really intended to keep up the spankings every evening. Absolutely, I informed him. Without having to be told, he excused himself to head up to the corner of the bedroom and wait for me. I kind of smiled to myself that I was slowly training him to accept his punishment. He really struggled while getting spanked with a hardwood spanking stick, or evil stick as I like to call it. He started crying at about 40. I gave him the full 100 with it despite his sobbing pleas for me to stop. I had to get a little stern with him the following day. The consecutive spankings were obviously taking a toll on him. He got a little pouty at dinner. I even saw him a little moist-eyed when I told him that I'd be using the tear-jerker strap on him. It amused me immensely when I realized that it had really earned its name when even the mention of it would make the tears well up for him. And true to its nickname, my naughty boy was sobbing in earnest as I tore his swollen bottom up with my strap. He was bucking and dodging, trying to avoid the leather rain of discipline I released upon his backside. Once again, I left him restrained in position until he had finally calmed down and processed his punishment and the lesson behind it. Thursday, he was late in getting home, which is unfortunate for him because I had actually given some thought to cutting him some slack and ending the spankings that evening after using the jacari paddle on him. He said he had to work late, but I smelled some alcohol on his breath and realized he had stopped at the bar for a little liquid anesthesia to dull the agony in his swollen bottom. So much for cutting him a break, I thought to myself. He started arguing a little as I ordered him upstairs. It wasn't until I confronted him about his drinking that he slowly climbed the steps. I admired the blues, crimsons, and purple hues of his well-spanked bottom as I grabbed him by an ear and led him to the bed. After tying him extra securely because he'd been drinking, I picked up the jokari paddle. You know what? I was starting to think you had learned your lesson, I scolded him. I was even thinking that I might make this the last spanking and letting you off on the final caning and bath rush spankings. But then you had to go out drinking instead of coming right home and facing up to your punishment. The punishment we both know that you deserve, I added. He cried all the way through the paddling I gave him with the jacari. 
I can't say I blame him because I paddled him hard and fast and without an ounce of mercy. The next day he came straight home without delay. I marveled to myself about the instant change of behavior a good, hard paddling could bring about. He apologized profusely about his behavior the night before. He seemed sincere, but I suspected he would have said anything to avoid getting caned. I told him that if he took his caning well without any fussing or fidgeting, and showed me that he was truly sorry, I might, and I repeated myself, might, let him off on getting the bath brush. He promised up and down that he would do whatever it took if it meant he could forego the heavy bath brush. Well, so much for promises. Only fifteen strokes into the caning, he shouted out, Motherfucker! I paused and quietly asked him to repeat what he had just said. He frantically apologized and explained that he just couldn't control himself, that the word had just come out of his mouth without any control on his part, that it wasn't his fault. I calmly repeated that I understood completely that sometimes we just can't control our actions. And then I said, as an example, I was so angry with him that I felt I had no control over how hard I was going to give him the remainder of his caning. And with that, I caned him full force, just as hard and as fast as I could. It was Saturday, the final day of his correction. I timed it so that he would have Sunday to recover a bit before going back to work. I assumed he would find it impossible to sit down after a week of getting spanked every day. He'd been sort of kissing up to me all day long, asking me what he could do around the house to please me. I thought he might have finally learned his lesson. We had some wine with dinner, as he kept hinting that he was truly contrite. He even thanked me for putting so much effort into correcting his behavior. I felt my determination softening. And then, after his third glass of wine, he said it. Honey, can't we just skip the bath brush tonight and go upstairs for a good, hard buck? I forced down my anger. I told him that I'd love a good, hard fuck but I'd have to give him at least ten with the bath brush first. I said that it would get me good and hot and ready for some hard fucking. He eagerly agreed to my terms. We headed upstairs. He argued with me about getting tied face down on the bed with the pillows under his hips for only ten strokes with the bath brush. But I told him that it would really help me get in the mood. For some truly intense fucking. So he complied. I picked up the brush and patted my palm menacingly. So you want us to fuck? I asked. Yeah, baby. Good and hard, he answered quickly. After ten spanks with the bath brush, I questioned. Oh, yeah, he insisted. Okay, then. I replied as I swung the heavy bath brush down as hard as I could, ten times on his bare bottom. I dropped the brush on the floor. 
Okay, now it's time to fuck, I said as I stripped off all my clothes. When I was naked, I opened my bottom dresser drawer. With my back to him on the bed, he never noticed the ten-inch strap-on cock and harness I slipped into and fastened securely around my hips. I stepped into his field of view as I wrapped my hand around the shaft of the cock and stroked it. The look of shock on his face was priceless. Are you ready for that good, hard fucking you mentioned? I asked teasingly. What what are you doing? he asked in panic. We never agreed upon who was going to do the fucking and who was going to get fucked, I explained. I looked in the drawer for a tube of lube. It wasn't there. However, there was another tube there. I picked it up. The label said, Icy Hot Cream. Oh well, I thought, as I squeezed out a generous amount and greased up the shaft of my girl cock. Baby, I said, I hope you're ready for the hottest fuck that you, or anyone, has ever had. Hi, I'm Miss Jen Davis, and for more information on me, please go to my website at MissJenDavis.com with Jen with two N's and Miss with two S's. M-I-S-S-J-E-N-N-D-A-V-I-S dot com.